Greetings, my friends, and welcome to Minute with Mark. The title today is called Anticipation Marketing, and I've got some off-the-cuff miscellaneous stuff. Um, we'll start with some of that, so a little off-the-cuff stuff. One is with selling, because this I just got off a, actually a face-to-face hangout with one of my partners, and he said a certain word, and it was a teachable moment. He said, if people only knew, so the issue, now I want you to write, if you sell anything and just about everybody on this or that listens to this, um, almost all of you have a business. And so toy with this right out of the gate. If your prospect, your client, your customer, even your customers, if they only knew X, Y, Z, they'd buy more, they'd be more engaged, they'd be more integrated, they'd probably even become raving fans that refer more people to what you do if they only knew fill in the blank. So in this particular case, um, we were talking about people with 401ks and this particular person has $500,000 in a 401k and they're set to retire in about 20 years and my partner said to me, if he only knew XYZ, then he'd he'd roll that into this other vehicle. And so the teaching lesson was great marketers only share what the prospect should only know. Okay, follow that. Great marketers only share, I don't even know what I just said, but it's I'm onto something with it. If they only knew, then they would. So when you can hit that, when you can hit that, understanding, get real clear on that and ask yourself if your buyers, now again, I could go into details, but I don't want to make this seem like I'm selling my own products. For instance, though, um, (laughs) I'm just going to do it. Um, I just booked Maui. Okay. So for anticipation marketing, let's just get into anticipation marketing. I'm starting off a little sloppy here, but I'll get tighter. Stick with me. So for anticipation marketing this morning, um, Matt is going over the next uh, Limitless Festival, the itinerary, the launch of it, the event, this and that. And there's a couple business things that I'd like to share. One is you want to ask yourself, what is inevitable that is non-optional that must be done in the future? So you can write that one down. What is inevitable that is a non-optional thing that must be done in the future? Uh, and this doesn't have to just be business. This can be a million different things. But one of them is we campaigning the campaign and the schedule for our next live event. Now, many months ago, we decided the dates of this particular live event, but I really felt for some, uh, I, I still really hold on to this odd belief that I have to have my hand directly in the creation of things that I really do not, do not require my direct hand. And so Last week or a couple days ago or whatever, I asked Matt and Tyler Toshiro, I just said, can you guys 100% with Jaden, 100% create the itinerary, create the campaign agenda, everything, run it by me, I'll sprinkle a little pixie dust on it, and we'll get it campaigned. So today, um, they were running over the schedule, which was, it's going to be an amazing event. And one of the things that he said is tickets will go live on next Monday and they'll go from Monday to Monday and then that early bird window will close and the price triples and all these different things. So everybody buys in the one week of opener. So I just said, well, um, first off, 
the website for all that itinerary doesn't need to be fully done and activated for you to release inside the group. These are the dates. These are the requirements. This is the early bird cost. Get ready. The website will be done in two days or be released within 24 hours. So that anticipation marketing gives it a little, uh, okay? Then when we release it, so the only thing I said was, number one, release the bare essentials today inside the group so that people know it's coming. Number two, I said, versus start it from a Monday to Monday. People wake up Monday and they've got their own reality to deal with. Let's go Tuesday to Tuesday because then we get another day of Monday um, anticipation marketing, which is a term I throw around regular with the crew, is whatever we're releasing, whatever it is, whatever the campaign is, whatever the giveaway is, whatever it is, is anticipation the bulk, the bulk, literally 50% of the bulk of the work is in the anticipation, in the pre-launch. The movie trailer dictates whether the attendance is high on opening day, right? I've shared this story many times. I don't know if I've shared it on the podcast, but uh, one of the Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobes, Narnia, uh, Dis- I think the brand fell out of Disney and it fell to another um, movie house, I think. But I heard one day that there was going to be a new movie and I was like, oh my gosh, I, I'm pumped. I, you know, I love C.S. Lewis and all that stuff. And it was releasing that day and I hadn't even heard about it. And we took the whole family and there was like 10 people in the theater. And I said, this was a failure of, an, of anticipation marketing. They didn't put any muscle or grit into the virality that a new movie, new movie's coming and now nobody's here. So anticipation is everything. So I said, now we'll have a Monday and we'll be able to really get extra anticipation marketing in before we release it Tuesday to Tuesday. Um, let me keep beating this dead horse of anticipation marketing. So as I record this in about seven, in about nine days, I'm at the Venetian hosting an event and I'm speaking and how, and I'm always thinking, how can we further anticipation marketing? So what we'll drop inside the Facebook group with this particular culture is we will say, everybody who's coming, we're going to do a little like, uh, I'll do some giveaway. I haven't even thought of what it is yet, but I will probably do, you know, drinks on me after or, or a special meal with just, I don't know, just maybe me and Shannon and a couple leaders. And we'll have like three people that will take them to someplace really classy and feast on them. But it'll be, it'll basically be everybody who's coming write a single paragraph or make a video below this thread on why you're excited to come. Now, the simple act of doing that it's a small reward. The, you know, the total cost of that is going to cost me in dollars. It's going to cost me maybe $200, $300 max. And the value will, a couple last second people will decide. And tickets are at about $300 a pop right now. So there's probably going to generate, I would guess, a grand or so in just last second buyers. Because we only have, I think we only have seven spots left. But Three to five buyers will come from this little campaign, plus the anticipation will ramp up more anticipation for people who are coming to the event. Again, anticipation marketing, whatever it is that you're doing, don't just release it and plop it to the world, plop it to the customers. If you're going to have a big sale, let them know a big sale is coming. If you're going to release a new dish at your restaurant, let them know that on whatever, you've got the spring menu hitting or you've got the fall menu hitting or you've got the holiday menu hitting or you've got the new year menu hitting 
and campaign these things because it's really the success of a business at large is the ability to campaign the products and services. Just campaign, crusade. I mean, maybe a better word is crusade. So anyway, anticipation marketing. Let me further it because I live, this is kind of what drives the whole boat. So about right before I clicked record on this podcast, I just booked a two-bedroom condo, beachfront in Maui, and it's nine months away. I paid, you know what? I don't know what I paid. I paid $7.99 for it. And on Expedia, there's some floating prices, but it this two-bedroom unit, it's the Kanapali Beach Club, and it's about $3,800 on Expedia. And so this is a two-bedroom. It's great, whatever. Sometimes it'll get up to probably forty-two, forty-three hundred because we're nine months out. It's going to be a little cheaper on Expedia. But the reason I did that is this is one of the lead products. I mean, just this product last year alone sold probably close to six hundred thousand, maybe seven hundred thousand. We're working at year-end numbers right now. But the reason I did this is because for the next nine months, as we campaign this to prospects on webinars on this and that, and conversations here and there, whatever. For nine months, I have bought, yeah, we use this product to save about $3,500 on our next trip to Hawaii. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, I might go to Hawaii. I will likely go to Hawaii before then, but I didn't want to make a decision because I make decisions pretty fast on that one. When we just up and want to go, we go. But this particular unit, uh, was incredible savings, probably 70-80% over Expedia. And if people only knew that Expedia spends, Google what Expedia spends on advertising, television advertising, I believe it's around $60 million a year. And that is passed on to the advertisers, which are the resorts. So the resorts inherit paying for Expedia's $60 million ad budget. And then the Expedia also does 60 or $6 billion in receipts. But if people only knew that Expedia wasn't a search engine for the best deal, it was a, it's an electric classified ad. The resorts that pay the most get featured the first. If people only knew that, they'd understand my product better and buy more of it and refer more of it and use it more. But again, my prospects know that that's what Expedia is, and that's how we can beat their pricing by 80%, yada, yada. Anyway, I could go on and on and on. But a couple takeaways from this ramble fest right now. I'm actually recording this inside my Escalade, outside of my house, because the second I walk into it, it's the end of the day. It's about 9 o'clock at night. The second I walk into that house, the dog attacks me, the kids attack me, Shani attacks me, it's hugs, it's questions, it's mom, look or dad, look at this, look at this, look what I did, look at this, look at this cartwheel, look at this song. And it's pure pandemonium, and I know I'd never get this recorded, so I'm just sitting in my car. My neighbors are wondering what's going on, probably. But anyway, um, on anticipation marketing, you want to lead up to things, or or else you're going to launch it and release it, and nobody's going to be there. Nobody's going to be there. Okay? So um, I'm not sure there's any value on this. Maybe there is. Maybe there's not. Okay, a couple other little off-the-cuff things, and hopefully there's value in this episode. I don't know. Sometimes I release these things and not sure, and then my phone blows up and people say it was a lot of value. So here's another thing. Uh, regarding this question, 
what is inevitable that is non-optional that must be done in the future that you can just do now. So next week I speak at uh, in the Venetian, and I know for sure I'm going to wear like my speaking garb and my speaker outfit or whatever. And most people in the world kind of last second throw together an outfit and whatever, it works. It's not the biggest deal in the world, but it can often cause a little stress right before things. So here I am seven, eight days before the event. And tonight, right when I get in, I'm going to say hi to everybody, whatever. And then I'm just going to figure out um, my conference speaking garb and have that on lockdown. And then that is one of the biggest peace of mind adders that I've done in for my entire life. Um, so if you ask yourself, what's inevitable, that's not optional, that must be done in the future. Like for some of you, it's getting your teeth checked. You're not going to live the rest of your life without getting your teeth checked. And if you haven't gone in a few years, every year, I, I'd love to see the math on every year you wait to go to the dentist, the cost of waiting every year. Um, I bet I'd love to know that. It's probably Google Googleable. And, but the gist of it is you just keep asking yourself, like your retirement, you're going to retire. It's non-optional. It's coming. It's in the future. It's time to think about it and plan for it and prepare for it and fund it and these kind of things. It's just, there's a million of these kind of things, right? So that's a question that's worth asking and let it be as broad ranging as possible. What is inevitable that is a non-optional must be done in the future? The more of those that you write down and the more of those that you check off as done or completed or started, the more peace of mind, the more sense of control and harmony you're going to have, not only in your business, but in your life and all over the place. Like, for instance, um, we just wrapped up our trust. We have, we have a Hoverson Trust, and we didn't have one, even though for probably the last five or so years, I knew a trust was the only way to go to to avoid probate with our inheritance stuff and all this stuff. Now, you might say, well, why, what the heck? Why would you do, why would you um, get a trust? You're 38 years old. You know, it's so early to start a trust. Well, it's not. Here's why. Because it's a non-optional thing that must be done to avoid enormous probate taxes and inheritance taxes and inheritance stuff. And so we just get it out of the way. So we have... You know, we have, I want to promote the message. Now I can't commission or make any money on you or any of the listeners or any of my clients getting a trust because you can't do fee splitting and legal stuff like that. But trusts are super important. I learned a ton about them and we got one and I'm pumped on it. Um, food for thought on that. What is inevitable? That's not optional. That must be done in the future. I'm kind of hammering this one because it's so powerful. Sit down and let just yourself ask that question and write answers for 10 minutes. Then go about and attack that list. And the peace of mind, you you may be shocked at how much peace of mind starts flowing and how many things you think of. And then you get way ahead of the game and you're not in crisis urgency mode because you have to put together your outfit real quick because XYZ, you know, there's plane tickets you can buy in advance right now for things. There's all sorts. I mean, I, I'm not going to bore you with details. You know what's going on. All right, let me look. I made a little note here. Here's a couple off-the-cuff things. I'm going to stay for Okay, last one is on kids. Um, I just got a straight razor shave at V's Barbershop, which I don't know if it's nationwide, but it's, it's, it's a genuine, real, high-class 
men's barbershop. I mean, it's one of the few that still remain. See, what happened back in the 80s is AIDS came to town, and then men used to get shaves, straight-edge shaves all the time, and then AIDS made everyone scared of blood, even though with the disinfectant, um, it really didn't matter. You just put the straight-edge thing in the disinfectant, and it was fine. But it kind of made a panic on everything, so they outlawed that practice, and now they have disposable straight-edges that pretty much do the same job. And so I get a straight-edge shave every, I don't know, every couple months because... It feels good. It's an, it takes an hour and 20 minutes. The guy spent an hour and 20 minutes to get my face completely uh, stubble-free, and I love it. Well, anyway, while I'm in there, here's the short story on kids. I've got, you know, this towel over my face to get it hot or whatever, and in the chair next to me, there's a kid, but I only hear the parent talking, and the parent says, um, okay, he doesn't want anything left. Uh, don't touch anything on the top of his head you know, on the very top, but he likes his sides. Um, now your friend, your friend Caleb, he has it, you want it the way your friend Caleb. And I couldn't see the kid. I could barely hear the kid. All I could hear was the parent interpreting the desires of this child for, to the barber. Okay. So here's the story. So it, it was actually an SNL skit by the end of it to me, because I couldn't see it. And I was like, because the parent was then going, do you want, do you want, um, you want it to look like Caleb's on the sides and then nothing on the top, right? And I could only hear the kid go, yes. And then I heard the kid say, um, can you tell him again not to touch the top of my hair? And this parent was, <laughs> this parent was translating for the child to the barber how this kid wanted their hair. So I'm thinking to myself, this kid sounds kind of old. I thought this kid was like maybe four or five, because the parent was speaking entirely, directly to the barber, and even the kid was speaking to the parent for the parent to speak to the barber. The kid was not at all engaging the barber in any manner, in any way. So anyway, by the end of it, uh, it's just so funny to me, and and I get, finally, I'm done with my shave, and I go up to pay, and I hear this kid, before that happens, I hear this kid, after it's all said and done, very politely and very awesome. He's like, thank you so much to the barber. That was the only words the kid said. We go up to pay. This kid is about 14 years old. <laughs> okay. Now here, here's, here's the lesson is I'm not saying the kid's not competent. And I know that parent loves that kid and was trying to be doting and loving or I don't, I don't know. I'm not a heart reader. I don't know what the whole deal was, but I do know that what I would suggest to kids with parents, or sorry, to kids, uh, parents with kids, is to allow your son and allow your daughter, whenever it's possible and not rude or cumbersome to the other person, to speak for themselves at all times. And I've kind of sang this song, you know, for several years now. And, but I just, we just got done, we went to a funeral, a family funeral, and so many people, dozens of different people came up and said, man, I visited with your kid for like four or five minutes of all the kids. And they're just great conversationalists. And I'm, I haven't, I, and I literally, I, we hear, I've never seen a kid that confident. And I'll hear that about a lot of our, you know, our kids. And one of the big things that I believe and just chew on this and apply it however you want is I'm not sure you can teach confidence. 
I'm, I think it might only be a side effect of dignity and achievement. And confidence, I, I just don't know if it can be taught. I think it can only be felt as a result of doing dignified, confident things. So I think you have to do confident things to feel confident, right? And what I saw was that parent, and that kid is going to be just fine. I'm not, like, worried about the longevity of that kid's life. But how much burden on the parent to have to tell the barber everything about the kid's deal? So around our house, this is this is a little takeaway, is the other day Isaac left his wallet in an Uber. So he got Ubered home from wherever and he left his wallet in there. And he's a little, you know, I'm bragging. I brag on Isaac a lot around here, so Isaac... You know, I'm going to not break on you here, but he kind of comes up. He's like, oh my gosh, I left my wallet in the Uber. What, what should I do? Um, I'm, and I'm, he's like, what should I, what should I say? What should I do? What, what should we do? And I just said, activate. That's our little code word in around the house. Activate is the code word for when one of our kids wants us to do something that they can completely do. It's also a code word for our team when they ask me things that are just activate, like think think what is the most obvious fastest proper thing so i said isaac well what would i do activate okay call the uber well then what would i say activate what will you say you would say hi i'm isaac hoverson i was just in your uber i'm sorry but i left my wallet in your car can you uber it back and we'll you know you can charge us for the mileage on the way back so lickety split the Uber guy did it, didn't charge. I said, now, Isaac, the classy thing to do is say, apologize for that, give him five bucks cash. So he had cash ready um, to take out of his wallet if the Uber guy didn't charge him for the ride back. But but to create confidence again in this kid, and this particular straight-edge shave thing, listen to this parent, absolutely disable their child from being able to speak to another adult, one of the best things you can give your kids is the ability to not fear a situation. Now, I'm not sure that kid feared the situation, and I think he probably could have handled it 100% because he said thank you, and he, he looked like a, a dignified kid that could figure it out. But as a parent, what I would do and what we do is we would go in there and just say, okay, now, Johnny... You're going to tell the barber exactly what you want. And if you have questions, ask the barber questions. But I'm not required in any way here. That's giving them independence. I'm not sure you can teach independence. I think you can only... Independence is only the, the outflow of doing independent actions. I'm not sure you can teach confidence. Confidence is the, act, is the outflow of doing confident things. Okay? So... Just chew on that if you have kids. And then one other quick thing, because most, most of you are internet marketers. I was just at the buckle picking up some stuff um, to wear for this coming week. And I got this little vest thing that, I don't know, I'm going to test it out. I'm not sure how it's going to look. It might be a little weird. But anyway, we, we'll go into the buckle and we'll drop like a couple grand um, on the semi-regular. I, I personally believe that new threads, new clothes... Um, not so much for others, but for myself, I just like being in new, I like new cars. I like new homes. I like new clothes and you don't have to spend a fortune on it. 
um, we'll bring the whole family in there and deck them out. But there's something to be said about being in the latest trends. Now you can pay too much, blah, blah, blah. This is none of my point. But this particular guy has seen me in there. I'll walk in no problem, buy something. And so today he's like, so what, what is the secret to making money online? Because he, he was implying kind of like everybody wants to do it. What is the secret? So it kind of went down to if they only knew XYZ, people would make more money online. So as an internet marketer, I'll leave you with this. If people only knew, and this is what I told them. You ready? See, this is anticipation marketing in itself, and you're already more interested versus if I would have just blurted it out. That's anticipation marketing in practice. Okay, so what I told him is I said, if I said, what, what people really don't understand is that all, there's all sorts of elements to being an internet marketer, but it's the bread trail of clicks. It's a little crumb trail, a clicky. I said, things got to be clicky. The ad on the side at Facebook there, you know, that you place, it's just got to be something that goes, ooh, I want to click that. And then when they go to that next landing page, they got to go, ooh, I want to give my email and click that next button. And then when they watch the video, eventually an order page comes and they want to go, ooh, I'm going to click that button and order. So all of internet marketing, if people only knew, because you know, I've worked with thousands of internet marketers, both want to be um, in process and soon will be and some never will be and everyone in between. And I don't know the timing and I don't know the date and people surprise me all the time. But what I do know is the people that make it, it's not the goal centers, goal setters, although goal setting helps. It's not the desire, although a white hot burning desire matters. It's usually clicky. I put out a clicky post. People clicked like and responded. I put out a clicky ad. I put out a clicky video. I put out a clicky product. I put out a clicky content. I It's curiosity-driven clickiness. Click and grow rich, my friends. All right. Mark Overson kind of meandered on this thing. I hope it's okay. The, the real reason I did this today is I've been getting some heat because I haven't released a podcast for a while. And a bunch of people are saying, Mark, you got to get back on this podcast horse. So I was like, today, I made it. I'm not going to bed until I record a podcast. And it's 9.04 at night. And I just finished this up. All right, Mark Overson, much love. Peace.